Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. Today, a debate between the candidates for Pima County Sheriff. Republican Pima County Sheriff Mark Napier is running for re-election this fall. His opponent is former Pima County Sheriff Democrat Chris Nanos. This week, The Buzz and Arizona 360 on PBS6 bring you a special joint presentation, a debate between the two candidates. The debate was taped earlier this week in the AZPM studios, moderated by Arizona 360 host Lorraine Rivera. As for the rules, candidates will get 45 seconds for opening statements and a one-minute closing statement. They have one minute to respond to each of our questions. Now for opening statements, we'll go in alphabetical order. Mr. Nanos. Thank you, Lorraine. Well, first of all, um, my name is Chris Nanos, and I'm running for sheriff because I was asked to by the employees of the Pima County Sheriff's Department. I have been a member of that organization for over 30 years. I have over 40 years of law enforcement experience. And in that experience with the Sheriff's Department, I started from the ground floor as a corrections officer and worked my way through the top uh, all the way to the Sheriff's position where I held that in 2015. I'm very proud of what I was able to accomplish uh, in terms of reform and looking at things for alternative ways to deal with our incarceration or over-incarceration problems. And I welcome the chance to hear more from you on, on these issues and answer those questions. Thank you, Mr. Nano. Sheriff Napier, your opening statement. Thank you. Over the last four years, I've had the honor of serving this county as your sheriff. The Pima County Sheriff's Department is moving in the right direction. We now have a strategic plan. We're better fiscally managed than we ever have been, and we're leading the way on law enforcement reform, meaningful reform. Tomorrow morning, I will be giving a, a national webinar on our reform plan. Uh, we'll be featured in a national magazine uh, about our reform efforts. We're better fiscally managed than we ever have been. Our staffing is uh, looking much brighter than it has been. Compensation is up. And we've returned to the taxpayers of Pima County almost $16 million in surplus over the last three years. The Pima County Sheriff's Department is moving in the right direction. I'm very proud of the steps that we've taken and would be honored to serve you for an additional four years as your sheriff. Thank you. You've each just told the viewer why you think you should be the sheriff, so let's begin with the budget. The Sheriff's Department budget is currently $160 million. For the last 12 years, Operation Stone Garden, a federal grant program to cover border enforcement expenses, was part of the department's budget. Early this year, though, it was rejected. If you're sheriff, would you appeal to the Pima County Board of Supervisors to accept the funding in the future? Sheriff Napier, we'll begin with you. You have one minute. Uh, not only yes, but I have, in fact, appealed to the Board of Supervisors over the last three cycles uh, for Stone Garden funding to be approved, as it had been for a decade prior. Uh, that money is fundamentally necessary for us to deploy resources into underserved areas of the county that are traditional havens for transnational crime, and by that I mean drug trafficking and human trafficking. Uh, the fact that we've not accepted this money is a liability to public safety in Pima County, and I think the board understood that previously because this uh, grant was on the consent agenda previously um, and did not even have a debate or, or stand the test of light of day. Uh, this money is uh, primarily for overtime to deploy human resources along our border areas and the remote areas of Pima County, but also to provide equipment. I'm very concerned that our withdrawal from this program may jeopardize the nearly $6 million of equipment that we've already received from this grant because the federal government would be appropriately um, asking us for that money back or that equipment back, and that would be a real problem. All right, thank you, Mr. Nanos. Your response, and you have one minute. 
Well, Lorraine, I had Stone Garden funding back in 2015, and we, we decided against using it. We ended up giving it to our partners in Santa Cruz County. The, the sheriff is, in this area particularly, is out of touch with not just the county, but his constituencies, his, the, the community as a whole. The, he has been voted down at least five times by the Board of Supervisors for an issue that involves 1.4 million. That makes up less than 1% of his budget. And even though he's been turned down, he still snubs his nose at them and now wants to create a border unit. We have a border unit, it's called Border Interdiction Squad. That, those funds could better be used, for example, purchasing uh, cameras, body cameras, which is reform doesn't even mention. Uh, it could be used to get more staffing in the field rather than putting a, a team out on a border that's not really needed. It's not our responsibility. It's the federal government's responsibility. All right, let's continue on this theme. So what role should the department play in dealing with illegal immigration? And under what circumstances would you instruct your deputies to call for assistance from federal immigration law enforcement? Mr. Nanos, we'll begin with you on this one. Well, for some reason, Lorraine, the, the, the failure of the federal government in their immigration policies, for whatever reason, it seems to have fallen on the lap of the county. It's not a local government issue. The federal government has $150 million billion dedicated towards its border with over 50,000 agents. They don't need our help. They need to find a way to better manage their resources. As far as I'm concerned, we help every agency. We always have. When they need assistance, they call us. Tucson Police calls us, but they don't want us to take over and do their job for them. Stone Garden wants you to go out there and turn your team over to them, let them manage it, and they pay less than half the cost. It, it's not a good system at all, and our sheriff should, should recognize the fact that even a community board that he was a part of turned it down, wants nothing to do with it. I want nothing to do with it either. We could use those funds elsewhere. Sheriff Napier, you have one minute. Well, the federal government's responsibility is federal immigration enforcement. I've been very clear that our department will never be a 287G department under my administration, which would cross-certify deputies to be immigration agents. Uh, we have not the authority nor the inclination to be proactive in federal immigration enforcement. Uh, we cannot give away federal grant money nor use it for other purposes. So the idea that we somehow redirect those funds is, is nonsensical. We can't do that. Um, I, we've been clear that our role is to support transnational crime threats, that's human and drug, uh, drug trafficking along our southern Arizona border. To suggest that human trafficking is not a public safety concern for Pima County is um, not a very mature view of that nature of that problem. We recover um, between 50 and 100 bodies a year in the deserts of Pima County. Human trafficking is not a harmless activity, and we should be engaged in the, uh, the idea that we would see that as a public health or in a public safety crisis on our border, but that doesn't mean we adopt a federal government responsibility. Let's shift course just a bit now. Throughout the country, men and women who serve in law enforcement are facing increased scrutiny. As you both know, there are calls for officers and deputies to wear body cameras and for departments to revisit use of force policies. Deputies, as we know, do not currently wear body cameras. So how do you ensure that your deputies are held accountable when force is used? Sheriff Napier, we'll start with you. You have one minute. 
Thank you. We've held our people accountable for long before body cameras were ever in, in existence. Currently, we don't have the funding to uh, do a body camera program. The purchase of the cameras is only one small part of the overall cost of operating uh, a body camera program. Uh, we have just recently revised our use of force policy as part of our criminal justice reform efforts, our ACT reform plan. So we are being responsive to the desires of the community. Do I think body cameras are inevitable? Yes, they are. Uh, they're most certainly coming and they'll probably be tied to the acceptance of federal grant funding at some point in the future, at which point I will need to go to the Board of Supervisors and ask for additional appropriation to fund a body camera program. And the purchase of the equipment is only a small part of that. Um, the redaction, the storing of video, and the personnel needed to support that program is significant, and it's a significant expense. Uh, so I'm not opposed to body cameras. We currently don't have the, uh, the wherewithal financially to do them, uh, but we are revising our use of force policies to meet community concerns. Mr. Nanos, your response? You have one minute. Uh, Lorraine, uh, when I first was asked four years ago about body cameras, I took the same position as our current sheriff, that we don't need cameras to keep our people in line. We, we do an excellent job out there, uh, about 130, I'm sorry, uh, uh, about 130 to 150 complaints out of 130 to 150,000 calls is a pretty good agency. However, today, when you watch TV and see what's going on, I need body cameras not just to manage my agency and learn what's really the truth out there, but to protect my own department and my own agency and my own deputies. The deputies themselves want body cameras because they know that right now you're getting a 180, 180 degree look. Well, somebody has, a, everybody has cameras in their hands, they're, they're their phones. And so everybody with that camera gets to show their side of the story. If I have a deputy who can show that that story is, there's more to that story, we're much better off. What if my camera from my deputy shows exactly what we saw on TV is correct? It helps me as a manager to say that's wrong. And guess what? My deputies believe the same way. Okay, let's move on to staffing now. There are currently just over 500 commission deputies and more than 470 correction officers in the jail. Over the years, the numbers have remained somewhat steady. Sheriff Napier has said that he's at about 90% staffing in both deputies and correction officers. So how do you keep those men and women on staff and how do you recruit more to serve this community? Mr. Nanos, we'll start with you. You have one minute. Well, first of all, those staffing numbers are incorrect. Today, they have 1,476 uh, total employees there, less than 400 deputies uh, and CEO, corrections officers. Um, it, it, he, is, it, he has identified an attrition problem as a hiring problem, and it's not. It is simply a retention problem. To be able to hire at, at the attrition rate he's got, you will never catch up. If I have to, it takes me, uh, if my attrition rate is two per deputy, two weeks, every two weeks I lose a deputy, that's 30-some deputies in the time to train them. I have to have those deputies trained. I'd have to hire 30 every uh, 39 weeks just to stay even, and I can't do that. It's totally impossible. You need to plug the hole, stop the bleeding. Uh, the staffing levels are at an all-time low, um, and, it's, and, and people are leaving the department at an all-time high. Attrition rates for corrections officers is over five. That's unheard of. Sheriff Napier, your response, please. Uh, well, the staffing numbers are correct. We look at them every week, so I don't know where he would obtain that information. Um, this is a national problem. It's not a Pima County problem. 
um, the Rand Corporation, uh, the International Association of Chiefs of Police, and the Police Executive Research Forum have all looked at the challenges of hiring young people, millennials, into law enforcement and then retaining them. This is not a unique problem to Pima County, and we most certainly are staffed at 90%. These are numbers I look at every day. We now have a planning and research function that provides us these numbers. The idea that attrition rate now is higher than it ever has been is simply false. It is not true. Um, it has remained relatively constant over the period of the last decade. Have we had little ups and downs? Of course we have. But the voluntary attrition rate has remained very constant, and that's people that have decided to leave the department. We shouldn't count people that retire or go on to uh, law school or other things as, as negative attrition. Our staffing numbers are consistent with that of other large law enforcement agencies in this country. Should any of the current sheriff's budget be redirected to cover social services, including mental health? Mr. Nanos, you get to go first. Absolutely. Um, and and it's, not, it's not so much as defunding the police as it is, is working with your community partners that are better equipped to deal with those issues of, of people who suffer from addiction and mental illness. Uh, my opponent's uh, uh, plan for that is to maintain it in-house. You look around the country, uh, programs like in Eugene, uh, Oregon, that's been around for 30 years, their idea is, is a better idea, just as TPD's idea of deflection versus our, our current sheriff who doesn't have anything to do with deflection. We have several people, there's 80% of the people in our jail could probably be put on ankle monitors and electronic monitors and be kept, keeping our community a lot safer than we have today where we just release them out and hope they come back from work programs with an ankle monitor. We know where they are and they don't need to come back. They can stay home. It's a safer way to do business and it, and it saves m literally millions of dollars in alter alternatives to- Mr. Nanos, thank you. Sheriff Napier, your thoughts on this? Well, the question was whether we should redirect funds to assist with mental illness cases. In fact, that's exactly what our act reform plan does is the hiring of community engagement specialists. These people will be uh, specifically uh, qualified to go out and take calls that currently badge and gun people have to take, uh, which may not be the right tool. Uh, people suffering from substance abuse problems and mental health issues do not necessarily need a deputy because a deputy, their primary tool in their toolbox is enforcement. And there may be no enforcement nexus to that contact. So we're in the process and just got approved by the Board of Supervisors to establish community engagement specialists. These are people who have specific academic background in mental health, um, substance abuse problems, and are very tied in to the community-based resources that we have, which are robust. We're gonna extend that program into the detention facility to make sure that we are providing adequate information to people right at the time of the rest and at the time of release. So we are answering the call and redirecting funding to take care of this problem because we'll not arrest our way through it. All right, let's move on. This is unique. You have both served as sheriff before. Mr. Nanos, under your leadership, there was a federal investigation, the ouster and conviction of one of your chief deputies. Sheriff Napier, more than a year ago, the union voted no confidence in you. It's fair to say you have each faced scrutiny. So why should the voter give you a second chance? Sheriff Napier, we'll begin with you. Well, thank you. Uh, I have the support of the majority of the commanders and supervisors of the department. I recently obtained the endorsement of the federal or the Fraternal Order of Police as well. The uh, vote of no confidence, I, I think, is suspect. The Corrections Officers Association have retracted that. The other correction association never adopted that. 
Um, I was brought about and why we unseat an incumbent is because we want change. And the fact that some people are not happy with that change may be actually a good thing. We're moving forward. We're holding people more accountable than they ever have been. We're being more businesslike than we ever have been. So to think that that change would be embraced by everybody is, is a, a, a foolish notion. Um, so there are going to be some people that don't like the path of change, but change is exactly what I was elected to do. And I'm committed to that change. And the fact that some people are disquieted by that um, is actually somewhat reassuring. But I do have the support of the majority of the commanders and the majority of the supervisors on the Sheriff's Department. Mr. Nanos, why should voters give you a second chance? You know, uh, Lorraine, I think everybody now knows what I inherited and that through this, this the, the, the investigation you speak of for me, that was investigated by every agency on the planet and not one agency ever said Chris Nanos was involved in any way. So it's a little insulting to think that uh, you would still bring that up to, to, to say that I had something against me back then. The turmoil that happened back then was strictly because I had an opponent who I didn't realize had kneecapped me. He had, he had contacted my chiefs behind my back in what was known as a midnight coup. Yet at midnight or later, he would contact a sergeant in the field, Sergeant Bill Phillips, he'll confirm this. I didn't know about this until later, earlier this year. And this is what, what my opponent was doing, contacting a sergeant, having my chiefs call him in the middle of the night to try to drag my 41-year career in law enforcement through the mud and tie me to an investigation that I had nothing to do with. All right, we'll move on. You two have recently dominated local headlines. Sheriff Napier, you threatened a defamation lawsuit against Mr. Nanos. Mr. Nanos responded by dismissing it as political theater. Sheriff Napier, if you have not filed suit, is it political theater? You have one minute. Um, we absolutely will uh, file civil litigation because we, we made a very sensible demand letter that uh, provided my opponent the opportunity to retract the defamatory con uh, comments made and his advertising. He refused to do so. Um, the law is not semantics, um, and it's not political theater, and it's not being a bullying to say that one should not be accused of crimes that a person does not commit. Uh, so we're most definitely pursuing that avenue. I wish that we didn't. I wish that we could simply run an honorable campaign based on the issues and let the voters decide. That's what we should be doing. There's certainly enough issues out in the criminal justice sector that we could have a robust discussion about those issues and where we might differ and where one might be better than the other. But to suggest that I have been found guilty of a felony offense and I'm appealing that is ludicrous, it's absurd, and it's defamatory, and is defamatory with actual malice, and that has put me in a position that I'd rather not be. Mr. Nano, Sheriff Napier would like an apology. Do you have any intention of doing so? You no. have one minute. No. Actually, I think it's Sheriff Napier who owes the apology, not to me, but to the community and the deputies that serve under him. You know, there were choices being made and, and actions taken by Napier that just couldn't be ignored. Everybody would like to have a positive note on their campaign, but bullying, dishonesty, uh, uh, creating division among your staff, going out and trying to get signatures with commanders to, to subordinates, though he's under investigation again just for doing that as a campaign violation as we speak today, and he knows this. You, Chris Nanos never called the Sheriff Napier a liar. There were four other people 
com- who are respected community members, Mike Helen, a chair, a former chair of the Republican Party, uh, 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 Jennifer uh, uh, Kristen Langstrom, an attorney who was the chair of a community partners law enforcement commission, uh, Steve Diamond, a community activist, who all of them made these declarations of his dishonesty a year, year and a half ago. Why wasn't he upset then? Why didn't he threaten lawsuit against them? Mr. Nanos, you said you decided to run because deputies and correction officers had asked you to come back. As we've mentioned, there are more than 500 commission deputies, more than 470 corrections officers. Last week, Sheriff Napier posted a letter of support from leadership within the department, which included more than 60 sergeants and more than 30 commanders. If you are elected, Mr. Nanos, how do you win them over? Well, first of all, those numbers are inaccurate as well. I don't know where he gets 30 commanders. When the Commanders Association that's made up of all the commanders can join, they voted unanimously to give him a vote of no confidence and to endorse me. He, He went out with his team. They drafted their own letter. Lorraine, if I'm your boss and I come to you as a subordinate and say, "Would just here's a good thing for me, I want you to sign it, what do you think you'd do? He doesn't, he's so out of touch, he doesn't even see the coerciveness of that action and the wrongfulness of that action and how that action divides the team. He puts that up on Facebook and social media saying, these members signed my letter. What does that tell the ones who didn't? The thing, the, the, the biggest thing you can look at here is this. He got the FOP here in Tucson to endorse him. That is the smallest organization of the department, the largest organization. You call 911, those street deputies, those sergeants, the largest one, they gave him the vote of no confidence. Okay, we need to move. Uh, Sheriff Napier, for those that early in your term voted no confidence and this day want new leadership, how do you get them to respect you as their leader? Well, I think, in fact, they do, uh, despite the contention of my opponent that somehow this was a coerced thing. I had nothing to do with it. Um, If you believe in something, you put your name to it. You don't have these secret votes that no one's allowed to know who voted, how many people or what they voted on. Uh, These people signed their names to documents saying that they support me. It is very specific support. So it was 35 commanders and 63 sergeants that of their own volition decided that they embraced the new change and embraced the new leadership. So I don't think that we have anybody to win over. Uh, The fact that a small number of of commanders can uh, have some sort of opaque vote um, is not interesting to me. Uh, When you believe in something, you sign it. You put your name to it. You commit to it. And that's what these people have done. And I respect that. I had absolutely nothing to do with the formation of the letter or passing of the letter or any coercion. Uh, with respect to the letter, and and any indication to the contrary is is absolutely absurd. We will now move into our closing statements, which, as a reminder, both candidates have a minute to deliver. Again, going in alphabetical order, Mr. Nanos. Well, first of all, um, I believe the sheriff needs to have some clear principles about law enforcement and, and a vision of what it is he's going to do with those principles, how he's going to apply them. My experience gives me that ability to actually put the rubber to the road. This sheriff has promised all kinds of things and nothing has been accomplished, zero. He made 26 promises to the deputies to obtain their endorsement. He got 
none of them done, didn't even try. This sheriff out of nowhere comes up with a 10 page plan that he calls reform. Why'd it take three years to do that? I'll, I'll put back our uh, angle monitors so we can get people out of jail that don't belong there. I'll put back, uh, I'll get uh, body cameras day one. I don't need to wait for funding. I'll find the funding within my system and I don't need to wait for legislature to tell me body cameras are lawful or not. I'll, I'll do those things day one. And we need to wrap you. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, Mr. Nano. Sheriff Napier, your closing statement now, please. Well, thank you. I'll use my time to uh, tell you why you should vote for me rather than against my opponent. I have a very broad base of experience, and I think that has well prepared me to be the sheriff of this county. I have a master's degree from Boston University in criminal justice and an undergraduate degree in social psychology. These things are important. If you attempt to lead something, you must first understand it. My academic background and leadership training provides me the ability to provide effective leadership for our sheriff's department. It's a very complex organization. We are a major county law enforcement agency and we should, should behave like one. I've been recognized by my peers as a leading sheriff in the United States, not just locally. I've been elected to be the vice president of Arizona sheriffs and also of major county sheriffs of America. I'm proud to lead this agency. Is there gonna be bumps in the roads with respect to change? Yes, but you elected me to bring about change and I'm proud to bring about that change and uh, we'll continue to do so. We're moving forward on law enforcement reform, additional compensation, staffing, and a strategic plan that will better serve the people of this county and keep all of us safe. That concludes the Pima County Sheriff debate, a joint presentation of The Buzz and Arizona 360. If you'd like to watch the debate, tune in to Arizona 360 on our sister station, PBS 6. And that's The Buzz for this week. Next week, we'll discuss the candidates running for Pima County Board of Supervisors. You can find all of AZPM's election coverage at news.azpm.org. Election season is here and we want to know what's on your mind. Our listener voicemail line is open. Call and leave us a message about what key issues, races, or candidates are driving you to vote this fall. We may use your comments in an upcoming episode of The Buzz. The number is 520-621-5999. Again, 520-621-5999. Ariana Brocious is the show's producer and editor. Vanessa Ontiveros is our production assistant. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. And Duncan Moon is the interim news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.